Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael, the dad, and Hank, the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with, as always, Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what's new in your world, man? Well... I've been trying to get back into Nerdist and Project Alpha, which are their kind of Nerdist. I do the YouTube channel where I watch all their videos where they cover different stuff, mainly about Marvel. And I stopped watching it two months before Infinity War to like be fully prepared and like know very little before going into the movie. So I've been easing back in. The only show I watched was Muskwatch. And what is what is Muskwatch? Basically, every Tuesday they cover Elon Musk. I think that's weird you watch that, but I like it. Why do you think it would be weird? I don't know. I guess because the only one episode I saw was... Felt a little weird. I thought it was the whole... I think it's weird there's even a show called Muskwatch. But they're, you know, just like... Following this dude around. <laughs> well, it's not like stalkers. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it's not like um, Dateline NBC Muskwatch. All right. What do you like about the show? Tell me that. Muskwatch. It just reminds me of like you said. It was very similar to Wayne's World when I told you I was watching it. You okay. Said it was yeah. Very similar to Wayne's World, and I just kind of like. They're covering science in a more joking fashion. Yeah, no, I I dig that you that you like it. Although recently, no insults, I've been finally realizing my mind that every episode besides the topic is about the same thing. Uh, what do you mean? What is it about? It's basically this. No, it's like the same kind of jokes, it's the same genre. Okay, all right. So it might be wearing a little thin. Yes, and they keep saying like, "We'll end it if like if we get, if." Elon Musk finally not acknowledges our existence. We'll end it. We're going back into our hidey holes. Would you want a Hank Watch show on? Not really. I don't think I would want. Uh, what did Hank do today? Nothing. <laughs> he laid on the couch for twelve hours. Uh, that you that's he. He does not always lay on the couch for 12 hours. <laughs> I'll just say that. Just most of the time. And my defense was apparent. Um, what are we watching today? What are we talking about, Hank Harris? I mean, Hank Owl. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! <laughs> you ruined my secret identity. Yeah. You want to know my secret identity? I must go as um, Matches Malone now. Oh, wow. Bum, bum, bum. All right. So what are, we, what are we talking about today, Hank Owl? Well, I think we were going to talk about what was new in your world. Oh, you remember? That's amazing. What's new in my world? Uh, I just came back from uh, a fishing trip with some friends. We went to St. Simon's, where uh, one of them was from. It's for our birthday party. And it was darn fun. I hadn't been fishing in a long time. Um, I'm not a fisherman. I would like to be a fisherman, kind of, sometimes. So uh, I'm inspired by this trip to uh, for you and I to get out there. and get up, uh, We were doing... Deep sea fishing? This was not deep sea fishing. This was in the ocean, kind of in the estuary part where like the river turns into the ocean. And so there's, it's really interesting fishing and it was very fun. Um, 
But deep sea fishing is fun. To deep seas where you get on the boat and you go like way out uh, or decently far out. This was different. And the fishing I want us to do is maybe try to do some fly fishing in some rivers in western North Carolina. But we'll talk about that off the air. Uh, So that's what's new with me. But I want to talk about this movie. Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War. Was it billed as a part one? Or does people just know there's another Avengers coming? So it's not really a part one? Well, well, at first it was called Avengers Infinity War Part 1. And Avengers 4 was called Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Okay, and that's no longer the case? Yes. All right, so let's just get into it. There are going to be tons of spoilers here. This movie's been out for a bit before we are releasing this, so we, we, we feel like we can talk about anything without there being spoilers, but if for some reason you have not seen it, you might want to see it before listening to the podcast. Uh, overall, Hank, let's just talk about your general impressions of the movie. What do you think? What did you think of it? I loved it. <laughs> all right, what did you love about it? Um... Just the fact that it was all these superheroes we've seen before interacting, and I felt there was more of a comedy movie, and I liked the comedy a part of it. It's definitely I'd categorize as a comedy action. So I I enjoyed the comedy bits. I thought the jokes were funny. The action scenes were great. I thought it was a little fast-paced, but I think because it was Avengers Infinity War and I'd been hyped up for it so long, I didn't really care about the overly fast-pacedness. Well, they had to squeeze in so many characters and so many storylines into one film, and they I thought they did a brilliant job with it. I want to talk about the beginning of it real quickly, because for me, like a movie like this, you got to set the tone kind of right away. And when I when they how they set the tone, they set the tone as like serious, dark, and violent, with a little bit of humor put in, and that's kind of how I like my movies like this. I like the the darker with the light like shining through the clouds instead of the other way around. And they start off this movie. We see Thanos right after the end of like Thor Ragnarok, basically. And he Thanos kicks Hulk's butt. And it's amazing. You got no comment. You got nothing about that. You're not going to pick up anything on that. (laughs) I thought you were continuing. I'm setting you up here, man. (laughs) I thought you were just, I thought you were well, you, that's talk. where you would either one agree or two disagree. So, anyways, I thought I it was agree. very cool because Hulk has always been set up as the ultimate weapon. You know, hey, we have a Hulk. You know, that's that's a line. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Exactly, and it works because Hulk goes on to the movie screen and just destroys everyone. And so, the fact that Thanos, you know, we've, we've Thanos has been hinted at and seen little glimpses of throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe for years now. And then we finally really see him in action, and he is so impressive, and I love that. And they had to do that to set up what a you know a total, you know, boss this guy is, and he totally whips the Hulk, and I thought that was a great way to start. That set the tone for me of oh we're serious, and then of course they kill Loki in the same scene. Like, and like he is the second saddest death in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty sad death. Although um, Groot is pretty close to second too. I'd call him third. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, we'll talk about the end oh, wait, in a little you see, bit. You definitely saw the Twitter post, right? I definitely saw the Twitter post, right? Um, no, uh, I have the, no idea what you're talking the about. Russo brothers confirmed what the last "I am Groot" was. No, he died. To uh, this was a decent while ago. 
to Rocket Raccoon, it was Dad. Oh. Oh my God, really? <laughs> oh, that's awful. I mean, great. That's beautiful. I think it was either Dad or like Daddy. Oh, wow. That's rough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> great. This episode of the Owls of Culture podcast will be crying. <laughs> Oh wow, golly, that hurts! Oh wow, that's that's beautiful. I love that. Um, all right, so let's let's start. We have the tone set up beautifully, and then they go off. And now the whole deal is Thanos has to get these. If he gets every single stone, he can kill off half humanity by literally uh, snapping his fingers. So the whole movie is basically him going and collecting these stones. Correct? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, how did you think they did with that? Did you have any favorite? Like, was there a certain stone that the collection that was better than any of the others? What did you think? Well, how did you like the characters interacting? Who's your favorite superhero? Did he get enough screen time or she? I think the best stone collecting was the Mind Stone because you get the whole Battle of Wakanda, which was awesome. And that was like that was towards the end, right? That was like yeah, the, that was that was the final. That was the climax. The climactic battle on Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Uh, so what did you like best about that? Um, seeing Falcon and War Machine interacting in the sky. Oh, that was fun. You're they're right. they're both the sidekicks to our big characters. That is very cool. Falcon is my favorite character in the MCU. What? Is he really? Yeah. Falcon? Oh, yeah, Falcon. Yeah, Just Falcon. a no- Falcon. So tell me why. Because he seemed like a down-to-earth, ca- joking, like, Irony. charismatic character. And... Oh, down-to-earth. He <laughs> just got it? <laughs> I just got it now. <laughs> he falcon, he flies. <laughs> um, he seemed like a relatable, down-to-earth, joking character during Captain America Civil War. Civil War, Winter Soldier, which is my favorite Marvel movie, and I think that still like sticks with me and makes him my favorite character. I dig that. Now, that's a great reason because so like like Batman, he is a normal dude. Of course, Batman's a billionaire and a genius, but Falcon is a normal dude who was incredibly brave soldier. You know, back in the day, and you know, I just saw Civil War again, not Civil War, but Winter Soldier on TV again. Watched the last part of that. It's a really good movie. It's, a, it's the best MCU movie. Man, it might be my favorite too. It might be. Uh, okay, so you like seeing him. What did you think of the interaction between some of these characters who haven't really been together before? Like uh, going after that first stone, and I don't remember which one. I guess it was the one that uh, Doctor Strange has. Like that was pretty cool. Doctor Strange and Iron Man together, like the, that whole crew. Did you dig that? Did you oh, not yeah, dig that? Oh, yeah, that was my favorite interaction. It was the uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and... Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. So you uh, and what? What did you think about the interaction between the Guardians of the Galaxy gang and uh, Thor? Because that was pretty fun. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Are <laughs> you okay? <clears throat> Got to sip the bourbon, Hank. Sip the bourbon. Don't drink it heavily. We're joking. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> no, not sip. Four big gulps. Yeah, that was an earlier reference to a conversation we had. Anyways, continue. <coughs> do you need a minute? Want me to pause it? 
hold up, no. I got it. <laughs> well, I hopefully got it. Um, I thought that was awesome, like, them treating him like a new character, and you get to see their histories collide, and they're kind of, like, bragging about what they lost. Yeah, I liked the, I thought the Chris Pratt kind of uh, being intimidated or, like, feeling second fiddle to Thor, you know, was yeah, funny. Was, was funny. Who wouldn't feel second fiddle to Thor? Hulk. He True. didn't feel second fiddle to Thor. That's a good point. That, well, that is a good point. That's right, and Banner's at that too. Banner, because Hulk is Hulk. Hulk is the way he gets out is the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. The, so uh, Hulk's in that whole the interaction with Doctor Strange and Iron Man in the beginning. Is right. Banner's there, right? Yeah, it's right. Banner's yeah, there, and he can't not, turn he into not, Hulk. He's so, not in did, space, too. Though. What did you make about that? That the fact that Banner could not turn into Hulk. I liked it because I think the reason they did that was to show how Thanos is scary. And that even Hulk is scared of him. And also, so they didn't have this. Him and Thor. Both these two incredible, overpowered monsters. And I think so they didn't have uncontrollable monster Hulk. Right. So they could just have Banner and Banner's scientificness. So they didn't have like a brute, just a, a brute, just a standard brute character right and because and an uncontrollable hulk is bad on a city landscape but is also bad for like a a, a script and, and like a clean storytelling especially when you have this many characters involved in it yeah uh Take what did you think of the whole vision and scarlet witch romance did that do anything for you did it move you at all oh i definitely like that i love that part okay and what did you think about the Thanos's minions that he had with him? Oh, his like Black Order. Is that what they, is that what they're I called? I think that's what they're called. All right. I definitely liked them. The best one is Ebony Maw. And which one is that one? That's the um. Oh, be grateful for. Oh, that was brilliant! In the beginning, he's stepping over the dead and the injured, injured, and be grateful. You've you're helping the world. The Thanos manufacture his new world order, or something like that, right? That's exactly what he said and exactly the way he said it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you know, so that nothing's happened to my voice. You should be uh, grateful for your sacrifice against those. All right, Sounds so like tell me, tell me, were there any sections of the movie? Because, you know, if so, uh, the plot is very simple. Again, we're going to gather these stones. Was there any of the gathering of the stones or segments of the movie where, that you did not, let's say, love or enjoy? Power Stone. And Cause they remind me of the scenario not, with the Power Stone. They didn't show it. They just had it at the end. They explained that Xandar was attacked before. I would like to see Xandar attacking. Oh, that's right. I would right. like to see the attacking of Xandar. I would like to see the acquiring of the stone. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. You're right. And I haven't heard anybody really talk about that. Because the Power Stone was what... That was Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1, right? That was yeah. that story. That's the stone they're sharing the power with, and they keep it safely on Xandar. Um, yeah, that was just like, oh, and by the way, yeah, he grabbed that. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, he already has an Infinity Stone. Yeah, 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 the Power Stone. What did you think of um, Gamora asking Peter Quill to kill her? And then that whole scenario that happened with the Collector afterwards. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. And, like, Peter having to make the choice to kill him. But, like, when he kill her, when 
he went to kill her like nothing happened it just didn't matter and it shows that thanos like is willing to just like waste emotional struggle but it was cool that he set it up so gamora thought that she killed thanos and then he got to see her reaction from that and, and what was her reaction Reaction was sadness. Yeah, so she really did care about this father figure who was also, you know, obviously a beast and a tyrant and a, you know, lots of evilness going around there. But yeah, she really did feel some strong emotion with that. And that was a key to the to the movie, right? A key to the Soul Stone. No, that was the key to the Soul Stone on um, Vormir. So what did you think about Thanos' whole premise that, you know, we've got to limit it, limit the human population so that the ones that are left, uh, there's enough resources for everyone to live a great and prosperous life. Do you buy that argument? Oh, yeah, I buy that argument. Are you willing to kill half of humanity for it? <laughs> Don't answer that. I uh, have no opinion on that. So do you really, um, you really buy that? Yeah, I buy that, like... You buy that Thanos believes it, or, or do you believe it? I buy that Thanos believes it, and I buy... I wouldn't do it, and I don't really believe it, but I buy that it's plausible. I got you. In a certain, yeah, a certain fictional universe, in a certain time and geography. Like that it's actually like something that you could see a villain wanting to do and having the will to do it. And convincing themselves that that was the right thing to do. And that's what Thanos has done, correct? Yes. And he's willing to sacrifice a lot to do it. So what does he sacrifice to get to the Soul Stone? Explain the whole Soul Stone. And explain the surprise of who else was involved in the Soul Stone. And what does that mean? The guardian of the Soul Stone is the Red Skull. Because he... Because when in Captain America, the first Avenger, also it's a new actor, too. It's not the original That wasn't one. Hugo Weaving? It wasn't Hugo Weaving. I love Hugo Weaving. Uh, it was like a like celebrity impressionist, impressioning Hugo Weaving. Wait, is that true? I think so. It was like a celebrity impersonator who makes a living impersonating Hugo Weaving, and he was in this movie. No, not making a living impersonating Hugo Weaving. He was hired as like a... I don't. I think he does more than celebrity impressions, but he is a big celebrity impressionist, and he was hired to do the impression of Hugo Weaving. That's fascinating. That's I didn't cool. even notice that it was not Hugo Weaving. I wonder why Hugo Weaving. And we're just going to keep saying his name, Hugo Weaving, Hugo Weaving, Hugo Weaving. Why Hugo Weaving would not do that job? Oh, maybe it was a scheduling conflict. I know it's a small, like, you know, a half day of shooting kind of thing, probably, or maybe a full day of shooting. But that's interesting to me. All right, so why is Red Skull there? That makes no sense to me. Okay. Captain America, the first Avenger, he grabs the Tesseract, which is the Space Stone, and he didn't die. It just teleported him to another part of the universe, and that's where he was teleported to Vormir. What? Really? He's just been hanging out there? Yeah, there is like this very unpopular conspiracy theory that Red Skull was Thanos. Ooh. Like this the, is before the movie came this out, is clearly, before right? Before the movie came out, clearly, yeah. Oh, wow. That would have been disappointing, I think. Yes. Okay, so how does Thanos, the deal with the Soul Stone is the. You have to sacrifice something you love to get the Soul Stone. He sacrifices Gamora. Yeah, it's not talking about ice cream, right? Pizza, <laughs> pizza on Friday nights. So I have to sacrifice that. You have to sacrifice someone you love. And that's crazy. When she realizes it, when she figures out what's going on, like, you don't love anybody, anything. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, no, actually, you love me. Ooh, that's the doorbell. We're going to pause. Woo. All right, and we're back from the doorbell ringing. 
I got a package. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. It's a surprise. All right, Hank, where were we, buddy? I believe we were talking about why Red Skull was on Vormir. Right, and you told me that conspiracy theory, and I'm glad that turned out not to be true, that Red Skull was Thanos. Why don't we go, let's get closer, let's talk about the Battle of Wakanda. And, oh, wait, can I also say something about a oh, totally. sacrifice of Gamora? Oh, yeah. I felt no emotion during that. Like, I didn't feel any emotion during L3's death in Solo 2. Yeah, I, right. Spo- wait, spoilers for Solo. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> L3's uh, death in Solo. I think of like having like lack of emotion in movies for things that aren't human. Because I guess it's just this big purple monstrous tyrant face. Uh, so you don't that read him. I, I didn't. When the tear came out, I'm like, you aren't crying over this. Yeah, I bought it. You don't it, care. I bought it intellectually, but like you, it didn't. I wasn't sad, and I wasn't for I wasn't. some reason when Gamora dead and Peter Quill's reaction to it. It didn't. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that set piece. I should blame Quill. Well, yeah. I mean, I completely, you completely should. And the first time, because we've seen this movie twice, the first time I saw it, I I underestimated how much he messed up but seeing it twice I, he really yeah hashtag blame quill so let's set that up so they're on thanos's home planet right and they're waiting for him to come try to get a stone this is the same stone the really hard one to get i guess yeah, dr strange's stone. stone yeah the time stone so they have this plan and it's working right do you remember who was attacking whom and how they had him set up they had it with uh, um, Mantis putting Thanos to sleep. Well, Spider-Man was tying Thanos down. Iron Man pulling the helmet, o- the helmet off. The gauntlet off. I'm trying to, right? Trying to pull the gauntlet off. And Spider-Man was kind of helping with that, too. There was like two or three like kind of yeah. grabbing it. And they were making progress. And then we find out... Quill finds out that Gamora's dead and just starts slamming, punching him. Which, first of all, Peter Quill, I mean, I guess he does have special powers, right? Well, because not his, anymore because he killed the Celestial Father. Now he's just a human. So it's just like me as a human, like, punching Thanos? Like, well, that's good. What great, what good is that going to do when you've got, like, powers like just the Soul Stone? and punch him when... And when they're about to, when he's, well, yeah, when he's already out, and they're about to pull the gauntlet off of him, which would thereby, in the movie, save half of humanity, and gal- not just humanity, the universe, people. It was crazy, right? Yeah. Would that bother you? Definitely. And yeah, also, me too. I'm like, I'm like, Quill, Gamora was an important character, but he isn't worth sacrificing half the universe. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't that great of a character. So that bothered me a little bit. And oh, before this, like we can talk about also Thor getting you having to make the you know, Mjolnir was destroyed in Thor Ragnarok, so Thor needs another weapon. You know what the weapon's called, I don't. Stormbreaker. So the Peter Dinklage character which, honestly, I love Peter Dinklage. I think he's an amazing actor. I didn't like that, that character. I don't know. I didn't, that whole segment didn't do much for me. Do you like it? Did it bother you? Mm. I'm 
I'm glad that it was included there because I think we need to see him getting Stormbreaker. Like, I feel like that needed to be in the movie. I really just indifferent about it. I didn't really care while watching it. Like, I was like not enough to like dislike the scene and like nitpick it, but like not enough to be like this is a great scene. I'm just like this is an okay scene and it fits in this movie. Okay. And I feel like I am probably nitpicking the Peter Quill punching and the that, but the Thor scene beforehand where he makes Oathbreaker, Oathbreaker, Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker, and he has to like he's standing there opening manually opening the thing and the the, the nebula or the neutron star or whatever is going through him like like not for once was I like oh my gosh he's going through all this pain and suffering I hope he makes it through because it's worth it I was just like all right let's just get on with this. Go ahead and make it. Like, I didn't yep. need, you know, escalating difficulties for my main character during that moment, you know, or make it more we interesting. Knew he wasn't going to die. Exactly. Then. So let's just get this thing and let's move on. And we finally do I move wish on. Was, yeah, I also wish it was done quicker, but I don't really dislike the scene. Yeah. When I saw it the second time, I liked it more than the first time. First time, for some reason, I was like, all right, fine. All right, well, let's get to Wakanda, because this is where the movie culminates, correct? The final battle. Uh, we've now... Gamora's dead. We have her backstory, though, so we get the emotion. We get why he's done it. There's some stakes for Thanos involved in it, which we'll talk about at the, you know, the very end, that scene where he goes into that other realm, which you know the name of. Oh, yeah, You're the, not talking very Soul much World. now. The Soul World, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, and we saw that first in uh, Black Panther, correct? No. Where, where did we first see the Soul, soul world? world? is inside the Soul Stone. Okay, so that's a different place. That's a different place than the Wakanda place. The Wakanda, okay. All right, well, that's cool. They kind of look the same. That's interesting. All right, so we're well, all... same like, kind of thing, though. It's just for people that have been trapped or killed by the Soul Stone. Oh, fascinating. All right, so we are... In Wakanda, set up the battle for us. What's going on here? Um, so Wakanda set up their force fields. They're trying to get to Vision, which Shuri is trying to remove the stone from his head. Which stone does Vision have? Mind stone, because it's in his head. It's a mind stone. <laughs> All right, I get it. And these alien, these four-armed aliens, and Proxima Midnight, and Cole Obsidian are standing outside. Wait, hold on one second. How does Corvus Glaive get inside the Wakandan building without Wakanda knowing? Because, you know, he yeah. goes and attacks Vision when Proxima Midnight calls it. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, how does that work? I guess they didn't, they didn't show us or tell us. Magic. Magic. Yeah, so that seems like a cheat. That seems like unfair uh, on their part. Yeah, but eventually to stop them from going around and breaking through, they open up the shield of this part so they can fight these four-armed aliens. These dogs? What are they? Like some magic dogs? Space they dogs. <laughs> I mean, what were they? They're, They're gruesome looking. Creatures. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so everybody's fighting them, and who who's the big hero who comes in and kind of saves the day a little bit? There's tons of little battle. Yeah, Thor. Thor's the big stud in this one. Thor's the Hulk of this one. Yeah. Like he's you got said before. Oathbreaker. It's not Oathbreaker. It's Kingmaker. 
<laughs> Remember the name. I will what's, not. What's the name? I don't like um, no, Big Sword. <laughs> Stormbreaker. And Stormbreaker. It was like- Why Stormbreaker? I guess for the Vikings. Was that a storm? I mean, Mjolnir wasn't actually a thing in Norse mythology. Was Stormbreaker also? I've never heard of Stormbreaker. I don't think so. Cause, okay, so you know, um, uh, forgetting his name, he's like, cool, Space Thor. It's like an alien species' version of Thor, and that's his weapon in the comics, Stormbreaker. Oh, really? Okay. Because I read the Neil Gaiman kind of Norse mythology book, and uh, I'm sure that's not exhaustive of all Norse mythology. But while Mjolnir was talked about a lot, and there was Oathbreaker was not... I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stormbreaker um, was not mentioned. Cat's (laughs) looking at me weird now. Um, Good aside, Hank. Good aside. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so boom. Battle Okanda. Where we've got him, like so, Scarlet, so Scarlet Witch and Vision are they're out of like the area where they were safe, like the building where she was working on him. And so once again, we have a scene where, just like earlier, Gamora asked Peter Quill to kill her. Now Vision has asked Scarlet Witch to destroy the stone, which will destroy him. I think that's like kind of the plot of the movie, like trading lives. And Sacrifice. Stuff. That's right. Because that's right. Because. Uh, don't trade lives is a Captain America's line to Vision. Right. And also, there was a line involving um, the whole moment with um, oh, uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. And, um, yeah, stealing that life. And said, like earlier, he had said to Iron Man, you know, I will not hesitate to have to sacrifice you if it helps save the universe. Oh, okay, that goes into my Infinity War theory. Okay, cool. We'll get there. I mean, my Avengers Four theory. All right, cool. We're we'll going to the end of the ending. We're going to give our predictions for the, uh, the the next Avengers movie. Hey, the doorbell rings again. Maybe I got another package. All right, and we're back in this another time. Package. I did not get a package. This one was for Peggy. Peggy, you got a package. Okay, so Wakanda, we're battling. So you were saying that uh, we've set this whole thing. I will not hesitate to sacrifice you. Scarlet Witch is working on Vision, and Thanos is marching towards uh, Scarlet Witch and plowing through everyone who's trying to attack him so that he can get that final stone, correct? Is that where we are? Yes. All right, so then Captain America comes, looking cool in his beard, by the way, out-thoring Thor in the beard department. Yes. And he has this great, cool battle with him, but he loses also. Then what happens? Then Scarlet Witch breaks the Mind Stone, killing Vision, but then... Everybody's Thanos, okay! Yay! And Thanos is like, nope! And Time Stones it all back and takes the stone from him. Yeah, and kills Vision. Kills Vision. Sad but then, like, even though Captain American couldn't do it... Thor comes. Here he comes to save to the, the day! day. I'm a god of thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He comes in with his amazing weapon called Stormbreaker. And what does he do? He doesn't hit him in the head. Where does he hit him? In the chest so and, he can say, like... And it works, right? He has totally to defeated him. Like, he is, he is about to die. It's bad. And then... Dude, he snapped his fingers. And it was... Like it was just such a great moment, like in the movie theater. Like everything was still, 
Everything's quiet. I really may need to see it again to see what they do with the music at this point. But I feel like silent. there probably wasn't any. Yeah, exactly. And just like the and then, wind. And then remember, I am Groot. Was that the first one? No. Oh, then why did you say that? Remember the remember <laughs> at the beginning. Yes, I remember, I remember that. But let's 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 go through it. What actually happens? Um, Everything kind of pauses, right? Does he disappear? Does Thanos disappear? He has, Thanos says a line: "You should have hit me in the head." And then he space stones out of here. He snaps and space stones out of here. Okay, and then they're just left kind of defeated, but like nothing happens for a little while, right? It's like pause, no. beat, beat. You know, the wind blowing, the quietness. And then all and of a you sudden, you see Bucky start to fade away. And was then he the first? Yeah, he was the first. And it's just like these little, little like dust, like shh. And then they're no more. And it was crazy, right? Like it was, I don't know. Like I just didn't expect it to happen, and just kept happening more and more people. So every time they changed shots, and you'd see like three people you knew, like none of them were safe. So, I mean, obviously, for you guys who've seen it, you know, tons of people die. Uh, besides Groot, which, after what you just told me, now destroys my soul. Um, I remember he's saying this to Rocket Raccoon. I know. I know. Sad. It is incredibly sad. Uh, Hopefully we get Groot 3.0, though. Hopefully. And uh, the handle of Stormbreaker, which I think is why they included that moment. Oh, I forgot that. Cutting off his arm. Right, which is another reason to have that set piece and enjoy it. And why I should like it more is because Groot did that. Because Groot's playing, he's the sullen teenager this entire time, right? I'm not interested in anything but his video game. Doesn't really care. He's not listening. Adults suck. You know, blah, 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 blah. Right? Which is all this true. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a big change for him. So whose death besides Groot? Who who hurt you, man? Talk to me. Spider Man hurt everybody. It really did. Mr. Again, Stark, he's, not feeling so good. Oh. And he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have even have been there if it wasn't for Iron Man involving him. You know, and so what, what guilt does Iron Man feel? Oh, but I think also Loki is the second saddest death for me. Right, in the beginning? Because I think it's so poetic if you look at his arc through the MCU where he yeah, he dies like doing what he does, trying to trick the person he's against into killing him. Right, this time he's tricking for the good guys. Yeah, when he starts tricking for the bad guys. Um, and yeah. his arc through MCU. The Spider-Man definitely got to me. Uh, who else? Who else was big for you? Uh, no one else really was big for me. My boy Falcon was big for me. Oh, yeah. Falcon, your fave. <laughs> All right. So the end of this movie at this point, you know, these people have, you know, disappeared into dust because he, you know, snapped his fingers. Do we want to talk about the end credit scene right now? Do you want to talk about your theories for the next one? I'll or talk about wh- my theories. What else happens the, that's how the movie basically ends, correct? Let's, yeah, let's talk about the end credit scene. Okay. And then I'll do my theories. All right, so there's only one end credit scene this time, and it was a really cool thing. We have we got Maria Hill, who works for S.H.I.E.L.D., and... Uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're driving Love down the road, that. and you know, the car accident happens. This is after, like, we, we're the, the whole theater's silent. We're devastated. 
we're still like, oh my God, that actually happened. I cannot believe that happened. And then, so they get a call, and then what happens? Sorry, water is important. <laughs> um, they give the Captain Marvel symbol, which everyone was waiting for. No, the they don't. That's not what happens next. Maria, oh. Maria disappears. Oh yeah, Nick Maria, Fury disappears. They Nick kill Fury. off the, the heads of Shield. And then like, but, but so Nick, yeah, at the very end, he's got this fancy beeper, and he he calls and summons Captain Marvel. Now, who is Captain Marvel? I did not know who. I was going to say he was, but now I find out it's a she. I did not know who Captain Marvel was. Who Captain is Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel is what's set up as the fans to be like the ultimate character. Like, now, why? Okay. Everybody. Hey, stop. First of all, why do you say set up by the fans? And why do you use that weird voice when you say the ultimate character? I was For about tell to, the audience I was who about she to is. Get into that. She was a pilot who's basically kind of like Superman now. She's like female Superman. Okay. She's like Supergirl. Basically. All right. And we, she has not been mentioned in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet, correct? This is the first right. time. Besides promos and a picture. Okay, but not within the films themselves. Not within the films themselves. Okay. Now now do your weird voice and tell me about, like, why. I am so what are the fans doing? Everyone's Avengers 4 theory is like, Captain Marvel's going to come in and it's going to be like the biggest thing ever. I really and shouldn't do like, that voice. Ultimate <laughs> people. Stop and, doing the voice. Yeah. Okay, I'm just like, like really annoyed because everyone thinks like Captain, like all Avengers four is like Cap. Basically, everyone thinks the world revolves around Captain Marvel. Okay, and they think this because she's like one of the few superheroes who wasn't involved in this, and is very powerful. And Nick she's, Fury summoned her. So what? Well, this do you, is this is even before Infinity War two. Oh, before this movie, the people were all over. Captain Marvel? Yeah. Okay. Because she's her, her movie is the one right before Avengers 4. Right, but her movie is going to be a prequel type movie. Yeah, it takes place in the 90s where. So it's going to be unaffected by Thanos up. and she all this. She actually. This isn't the last role Samuel L. Jackson in the MCU. He, he's set to appear in Captain Marvel. Or a younger Nick Fury. That would make sense. So, what is your theory on what's going to happen? My theory is what's going to happen is Tony Stark's at the end of the movie is going to sacrifice his life, grab the Infinity Gauntlet, revive the people that Marvel needs revived because he has the Infinity Gauntlet on. He dies doing this. How is Tony Stark going to get the Infinity Gauntlet? Plot. Okay. All right. So that's the ones that are left are going to try to get revenge on Thanos. Yes. And bring their folks back. Yeah. And then he's going to bring everyone back because um, there's two characters that could do this. I think it's Tony Stark or Nebula. Nebula is, I think, a small enough character that it's going to be Tony Stark and that's why because before Doctor Strange was like I will keep this Mind Stone and let you two die to Spider-Man and Iron Man but then he looks in the future and sees Iron Man doing this which is why he sacrifices the Mind Stone, which he has oath to protect. Right, because Doctor for for um Tony Stark, so he will come back and do this because he is the one he is the one to do this, and also that's why when he says to Iron Man, this was the only way. And that's right, because earlier Doctor Strange said, "I will not hesitate to sacrifice you." Yep, given the opportunity, and he, saw he one does way not to sacrifice. 
That's right. He says, like, I see eight billion ways, and there's only one way for us to win. And then we're thinking just in the first one, when he does that, oh, my God, they're not going to win. But you're right. That's probably what happened is he saw this thing in the future happening. So he, Tony Stark needed to live so he could do this later. And he needed to get rid of the... Uh, Mindstone to do that. The mind I mean, the to do time that. stone to do that. That all makes sense to me. I buy that theory. And also, I say this because in the Infinity Gauntlet comics, which the Infinity War and Avengers 4 are based off of, Nebula grabs the Infinity Gauntlet from an unconscious Thanos and brings everyone back. But I think... It really is Nebula who does that in the, uh, in the comics. Yeah. And Nebula is played by whom in the movies? Karen Gillan. Who is? Our boy, Dr. Companion, Amy Pond. Amy Pond, Amelia Pond. She's my second yeah. favorite companion. Ooh, we can talk about our... Hard. That's another episode. Yeah, okay, that's another episode. Uh, we'll, all right, so I'll buy that. I think that all, that all makes sense. The question is, I guess, you know, how do they do it? In what ways? And how does Captain Marvel help? And Captain Marvel's played by Brie Larson, who's a pretty spectacular actress herself. Uh, cool. That kind of wraps it up. What should we use to, uh, for our rating system for, for Infinity Wars? Gauntlet? Stones? What do you want to use? Infinity Stones might be too obvious. Let's do dead characters. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> dead characters. <laughs> okay, so... Five dead characters being the most amazing movie ever. One dead character being a horrible movie. How many dead characters would you give this? <laughs> Three and and oh, what? Come on, man. Four, 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 four dead characters. Four dead characters. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because you loved one. this movie. You seemed like you loved this movie. So four yeah. seems to be a pretty... That seems accurate. Um, uh, this is one-ninth over Solo, which is making me rethink my Solo rating. Oh, maybe you like Solo a little more than you thought? Maybe or like should have lowered your... a little your... less. Maybe... How about this? And we're recording these, both these podcasts back-to-back. Uh, how about this? My new rating for Solo is... Three and six ninths. Two All right. Thirds. Two thirds. Which re- reduces to, there we go. Two thirds. Get our math in, yo. Um, this is summer. I shouldn't be doing math. Everyone should be doing math every single day. No. Brought to you by the Math Teachers Association of America. So I'm going to give it four dead bodies. I thought it was a really, really good movie. Especially like for what it is, I, they nailed it. They surprised me and the rest of the theater that we were in with all the deaths. And they meant something, even though we all know there's another movie coming. And even though we know we're in a comic book movie where, you know, comic book heroes die all the time and they're brought back to life willy nilly. Even so, it was shocking. And I loved that they pulled that off. And having the Avengers Infinity War fade away the same way that oh, that was, did. That, that was, was a nice touch, right? That was not as good as the opening music for Spider-Man Homecoming. Da, 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 da. I don't get it. Dun, da, 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 da. It's Spider-Man. Spot. It's from the old cartoon. Oh, Spider-Man. Okay. Spider-Man. Does whatever a spider can. 
swings as well. Okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> That's enough. I'm so glad Settle you down. said that because I don't know the rest of the song after that, <laughs> yeah. and you said stop. At you were the like, I was supposed time. to cut you off earlier. <laughs> then no, I said he said swings as web, and I knew nothing after that. And then you're like, stop. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> All right, so we end every episode with, uh, what are you reading, Hank? What are you reading, Hank? I'm reading Armada. Since we're recording this back to back, I'm about at the same place. I am actually <laughs> yeah. at the same place I was. All right, and I still just finished Brad Metzler's. Uh, book the the book of fate okay and so that uh, that about does it for us uh we will see you next time on owls on culture thank you for listening you are welcome (laughs) 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 thank you for listening to the owls on culture podcast our theme music was recorded and assembled by marine sergey and antoine the show is produced by Pineco turkey Thank you.